Hey, good morning. Happy summer solstice. Today is the summer solstice in the northern hemisphere, and it's the longest day of the year in the northern hemisphere. And it's the shortest day of the year, and it's winter, the first day of winter in the southern hemisphere. And that is because the earth is tilted. It's tilted 23.4 degrees off the axis. So that means it's like a top that's spinning and wobbling. Okay? Like our earth kind of wobbles. I mean, not that we feel that, but that tilt is what creates our seasons. So when it's summer in the northern hemisphere, then it's winter in the southern. So, longest day of the year here in the northern hemisphere. So sunrise was about, I think it was about 647, something like that. This morning and sunset will be about nine. So that's like close to 16 hours of sunshine. So the good news for people who are not overly fond of heat <laughs> or summer, the days will actually begin to get shorter. Now, until the fall equinox. So we had a lovely meditation yesterday. And we've got an equinox coming up in September. So we'll do another meditation. And we may do an in-person gathering here in the Atlanta area somewhere. I've done those before and uh, had to postpone those due to COVID, but a lot of people are out and about and doing things now, so here we are. Maybe we can do that in the fall, which would be great, and we might even be really high-tech and record it. Or do a live stream. Wow. That would be exciting. Okay. So. What is special. About. This particular solstice. One of the things that's special about it. Is that we have. A planetary array. That is showing up. I've talked about this before, and there's a great, great article on the National Geographic website. And I would also say that if you like the kind of uh, research and the things that National Geographic does, that they have a very affordable subscription. So I can heartily recommend that. Um, the planetary array 
This doesn't happen very often so, where so many planets are lined up in the sky. So we've got Mercury, Venus, Uranus, Mars, Jupiter, Neptune, and Saturn in that particular order lined up in the heavens and the moon see the moon yesterday I believe was close to where Neptune is. Neptune is so far away that we can't see it without a really good telescope or really good binoculars and I believe this evening that the moon is going to be close to Jupiter and Jupiter is very bright it's a very bright planet in fact it is the only planet in our solar system that radiates out more energy than it receives from the Sun so how does it do that right well I don't know and scientists haven't figured that out yet but it is one of the reasons the radiance, just that inherent radiance of Jupiter is one of the reasons that astrologers, like ancient astrologers, said that, that one of the characteristics of Jupiter as a planet was that it was expansive. And, I mean, it is. It's a huge planet. I mean, it's big. Okay. So, um... So you can, and this is early in the morning, okay, so if you get up before sunrise and you can, and it's not overcast, you'll be able to see several of these planets, and you can track, like, what's where using the moon. So another good website, and I've mentioned these folks before, is Earth Sky, uh, it's great website for everything related to the earth and the sky <laughs> really good writing good information um, so why do I pay attention to what's in the sky and what's going on in the earth and and how things work okay well I used to ask myself that and I, I was like well it's just what you're interested in Okay, that was my answer. And, I, and then I kept running across a quote. It would just pop up occasionally in my reading or on the internet. And it was a very, it's very ancient. And basically what it is, is if you want to understand the Creator, or you want to know the Creator study creation simple 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 so it's beyond human comprehension to understand creation as a whole as a whole system I mean we try we do our very best and we're you know, we're, our understanding is growing. But it's impossible for, for 
human beings walking around in our little bodies, right, to comprehend the universe. It's just too big. <laughs> it's just, it's too awesome. It's too amazing. It's, right? And it's there, and we're in the middle of it. And here's the thing to always remember. We are part of creation. Human beings are part of creation. So we don't interact as much directly with creation. I mean, we do, but we drive in cars rather than walk places, which is a good thing. It's good to have cars, not knocking cars. Um, we don't ride horses to get places anymore or elephants or, you know, we get around in, most of us in cars or bicycles or scooters or trucks or, you know, we don't work directly with the earth. We have tractors and all kinds of specialized implements, right? So when I was growing up, I think the tractor I remember the best on the farm was a McCormick. And I don't even know if they're still around, but they had a red tractor and it had, of course, giant wheels. In, I mean, from my point of view as a child, it had giant wheels in the back and small wheels in the front and a very noisy engine and a big exhaust pipe. And it often went, the exhaust often popped very loudly when somebody was driving it. And, of course, it, you could attach a plow or a, a disc or, you know, a cedar to the back of it. And it would do a few rows at, at a time. And then, and that's how we planted wheat and oats and alfalfa. And that's how we harvest, well, we had har harvesters come in for the wheat and I think for the oats, but... Um, that was how we harvested. So that that's a major improvement from doing things by hand. So by the time I finished college, like by the time I was grown, Dad had bought a John Deere, which is their green with, I think, yellow trim. He had bought this huge tractor and the implements to go with it. I don't remember how much it cost. Um, but it was huge and the it had an enclosed cab that was air conditioned and it had a radio and it had storage for water, for big water containers and uh, everything was done by, you know, dials, and it was all hydraulic and mechanized, and Mike, uh, the guy that worked for my dad, was just in heaven, because he, and it had great headlights on it, so Mike could work from the crack of dawn 
through the day and into the night if he had to to plow to put in seed to you know do whatever he needed to do and one of the reasons that my dad bought this tractor this gigantic tractor is that they they were having trouble not just my dad but other farmers as well they were having trouble with the people who came through to harvest wheat primarily um, there weren't as many of them uh, and these were usually families who who owned the equipment and the trucks that you needed to harvest wheat and oats primarily and alfalfa and they would start like in southern Texas as as the crops were ripe and they would work their way all the way to Canada in the summer and by the time I was had left home there weren't as many of these folks doing that kind of work and a, a couple of years the um, the farmers like my dad and some of his friends had a really hard time getting their wheat harvested and some of these folks who were combiners left they left before the crop was in so um, Mike and my dad would get our crop in as quickly as possible when it was ripe and then they would go and harvest for other farmers so that that's primarily how my dad paid for that tractor but it was a it was a service it was a it was a good service so my point is that we're not very involved with creation anymore i grew up being very aware of creation and very involved in what it takes to run a farm and produce wheat and a lot of the wheat that we raised hard red winter wheat and a lot of that wheat went to Pillsbury right who make cake mixes and flour for bread and like that so that's how I grew up and so I feel as because of that and of course I helped during harvest and things like that I feel very connected to creation. I feel like I'm part of creation. There are times when I get like really wonky and I don't feel connected. And that that is not a healthy state of mind. So when any of us start to feel disconnected, isolated, um, it contributes to very or it can contribute to like very destructive impulses and and rage and um, and some of that is due to this feeling of being disconnected and of course we aren't disconnected but we can feel like we are so this is a long way to say this is why I like to do meditations and gatherings for things like solstice 
solstices and equinoxes because it it reinforces it reestablishes in our consciousness right in our awareness that we're part of creation and that creation is absolutely amazing like i'm standing in the trees right now and you can probably hear the breeze and it's going to be warm today but it's cool and shady here in the trees and I've got dappled sunlight all over my arms and my face and my head, right? So I'm not standing out in the sun, but I'm getting sunlight and I'm breathing in fresh, fresh, fresh oxygen, which my body just loves. And I'm also breathing in negative ions which are part of the whole oxygen process. And those negative ions help my whole system. So, yes, you're right. I can go on and on and on about this, but I think it's so important for our mental and physical health and well-being that we remember that we're part of creation. And that if we want to understand the Creator, then we can study creation. So it's, it's, just, it's just a thought, just a suggestion, right? Right, okay. So we had a lovely meditation yesterday. And what we, uh, the basis for our meditation was that we've got this array of planets in the heavens and one of the things about studying creation is that you become aware of how precise things are. Like quantum physics, there's a, uh, there are anomalies and then there's a way that it's very precise in its behavior. So quantum physics is the behavior of things in quant on the quantum level is different than on the um, macro level, which we can talk about another time. But we don't even think twice about is the sun going to rise in the morning? Of course it is. And we can, like, we can time it down to microseconds. We don't even think about what is the moon doing? Is, it, is the moon going to go through its phases? We don't even think about that. And it's been doing that for centuries. People have been paying attention to that for centuries. And when we have an eclipse, we don't even think about why is there an eclipse on a new moon and a full moon, but not always. So again, that has to do with orbits. And, and the measurements are very precise. So we're living in creation that looks like there's a lot of random behavior and activity and, the, and underlying that it's tremendously precise which tells us something about the Creator. So here we are with this array of planets 
And the solar system, our solar system, has electromagnetic fields. And those electromagnetic fields overlap each other or interact with each other, however you want to think about it. And of course, the sun, the energy from the sun, pours out into our solar system. And the sun's electromagnetic field is quite expansive. I don't know for sure how far it goes. We may not know yet. But that's, there is tremendous energy that pours into the solar system from the sun. And other civilizations regarded that energy as a blessing. You see this in Egyptian art, where there are long arms coming out from the sun and with an open palm, and it, it's a blessing. It is, because that's how we grow things, including people, right? <laughs> how people thrive. So... What we did, and oh, and we've got solar flares, so that increases the energy coming out from the sun. It also uh, extends, or there's there's extra electromagnetic energy, which can of course disrupt all of our uh, the electromagnetic energy that we have um, from all of our technological toys so we did a lovely it was absolutely lovely meditation about being aware of the blessings that are pouring into the earth throughout the whole solar system as well but pouring into us so we were breathing in the blessings and also breathing out those blessings. So I thought that we could do we could do that right now because it's it's the solstice. It's the summer solstice. Okay, so if you've been sitting in one position for a while, then it's a good idea to get up and stretch. I've been out walking, so I'm going to find a nice, comfortable spot in the woods to sit. And take some deep breaths to open up your, your lungs. It's much easier to meditate when our lungs are open and we can get a good breath. It's a lovely day here. And I'm getting to a place where I can sit. So you find a comfortable place to sit. Or if you're more comfortable lying down, just be comfortable, okay? So you can pay attention to your breath.
So, as you breathe in, following your breath, in through your nose, down your throat, all the way down into your toes, be aware of your feet. Feel connected to your feet. As you breathe out, following your breath, all the way up, and breathe out from your solar plexus, the bottom of your lungs, up past your heart. your throat and out through your nose or your mouth out into the space all around you 360 degrees now as you breathe in following your breath all the way down into your solar plexus Feel yourself becoming more centered. As you breathe out, following your breath from the bottom of your lungs, from your solar plexus, up past your heart, through your throat, out to your nose or your mouth into the space all around you. Allow yourself to relax. And as you breathe, See or feel yourself somewhere in nature, your favorite spot, or use your imagination, your wonderful imagination. Just imagine you're here with me, sitting in the woods in the middle of metro Atlanta. Safe, fresh air, nice breeze, lots of room, birds, you breathe in. Feel yourself more and more centered. As you breathe out, allow yourself to relax just a little bit more. And when you're feeling centered and relaxed, 
and you're comfortable with your breath. Then be aware of the blessing of light, the blessing of sunlight, the blessing of the energy from the sun that keeps us alive, that nurtures everything on earth. Be aware of the blessing of the breeze that's cooling soft and gentle. Be aware of the beauty of the earth, the green from trees, the wonder and the magic of the plants all around us. And as you breathe in with every breath, Breathe in the blessings, the beauty of nature, of creation. With every breath, breathe in those wonderful blessings from the Creator. And allow yourself with each breath to absorb those blessings and rest in them. just let ourselves rest in that space for a few minutes.
Now as you're aware of your breath, you're feeling all those blessings, absorbing all those blessings from creation, from the Creator. Then with each out breath, allow those blessings to flow out into the world, to go wherever they're needed. With each gentle, very gentle, calm breath, let blessings flow out. So we'll do that inhaling blessings, exhaling blessings for a few more minutes. Now as you breathe in, be aware of how centered you are. And be aware of how blessed you are. As you breathe out, following your breath, the bottom of your lungs, up past your heart, through your throat, out through your nose or your mouth, out into the space all around you, being aware of blessings flowing in and blessings flowing out. When you're ready, gently open your eyes. Good job, everybody. And that is how, that is how we can celebrate summer solstice and equinoxes and winter solstice. This is how we can celebrate being alive. So good for you. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful summer. I'll be back with a podcast on Sunday. And remember 
that we are blessed and remember to breathe.